Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think might be underrated, underseen, or sometimes we just want to talk about them. I'm the host this week, Josh Hallam, and I'm joined, as ever, by my wonderful co-host, Alice Oliver. Alice, how are you doing? You okay? Yes, fabulous. Very well, thank you, Josh. And yourself? Yeah, very good, thank you. We've uh, got a bit of a special guest this week, haven't we? Uh, Once and a again, fir- yeah. And a first we as well. Him yeah. we oh, keep bringing him in. Yeah, there is a first in. for the podcast It is a first, too, isn't a first, which we'll come on to. Uh, Kevin Goatee, how you doing, man? You okay? Oh, hello from the other side of the pond, kids. What's are. going on? Uh, our first transatlantic guest. Um, pleases me to be the first (laughs) so should we make all the american and english jokes first or do you want to pepper them in throughout the episode i'm a fan of sprinkling throughout no need no need need to front load we can get that later (laughs) as they come up naturally Uh, sorry sorry about the you know the old uh the old war for independence back in the day uh Oh, don't worry, can't... don't worry, don't worry. The better team won twice. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And you, and you and you and you guys continue to enjoy paying taxes to figureheads and going through that whole rigmarole in a couple of weeks with the queen, with the king getting crowned. But then again, you guys haven't had a, a king or queen rule the land in hundreds of years. But yeah, keep on paying taxes to them. It's always fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool, cool. And we've all got, you know, we've all got bad teeth as well, or whatever it is. <laughs> Um, cool. There goes, so, my, there goes my ace in the hole. Damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, but to be fair, we get to run the Death Star, apparently. Um, so That's anyway, <laughs> this week's film uh, is The Founder, which is from, I want to say, 2016. Thereabouts, yeah. Yeah, thereabouts. So spoiler warnings if you've not seen it. Uh, so uh, Kevin, you, you picked this one. You picked The Founder. So I did. Tell the guys at home a little bit about, you know, a rough, rough estimation about what it's about and why you picked it for the podcast, apart from the fact that we asked to pick a film. It's. I chose it because I remember reading a a, a review for upcoming films that year, mm. and I think it was in Rolling Stone magazine, which has really hit the skids. But anyway, <laughs> neither here nor there. And I thought, oh, that's cool. Someone's doing a biograph, a biopic on McDonald's founder Ray Kroc. Michael Keaton's in it. Michael Keaton's fantastic and damn near everything he does. It comes out, I believe, late December. So right in time to get considered for next year's, the following year's Oscars. I go in and see it about two thirds of the way. The goddamn fire alarm goes off. <laughs> so no, <laughs> they make, they make us evacuate. I go, and there's no, I mean, you walk out, there's no smell of smoke or anything like that at all. And I go to one of the guys, I go, what's the story? What do you think? They're like, ah, we gotta wait for the fire company to come in, come back and see, you know, you can come back or you can get like a ticket for a future one. I said, and there's a grocery store right next door. I said, I need a few things in the grocery store. I'm going to go there. I'm going to come back. I'm going to see what the situation is. 
I go there. I'm gone maybe 15, 20 minutes. I come back. And, and I think same guys outside. And you see people start to walk in. He goes, your, your timing could be more perfect. We're going to start in about two minutes. I'm like, great. Go back in, finish the film up, walk out. And I said, if this doesn't win, at least best actor and best picture, the Oscars are continuing to be flawed and no one should ever take them seriously. And again, I haven't taken them seriously in a long, long, long time. And, <laughs> and their track record proves why with the, the most recent crop of films. It's, it's annoying what they think that is the best film and, and so on and so forth. And it was astonishing that the can, there was no campaign for it, for Keaton to win Best Actor, for Best Picture, nothing. And I walked out saying that film is it's flawless. It's flawless because wow. I absolutely love it. You go, you learn about first of all, it's not Ray Kroc, but you think who founded the who founded McDonald's? It's two brothers in some podunk town in California. He then goes in as this you know okie dokie salesman, milkshakes uh, machine salesman, and then he metamorphosizes into this complete greedy corporate shyster and bilks them out of i think the number was did i write it down i think it was a spoiler they ask for i think one percent of future earnings for every year from there on out and the number it breaks down to is he screwed them out of 125 million dollars a year for x amount of years so the transformation that michael keaton makes from this like you know grinding salesman on the road with a wife at home to corporate shill shyster, like I had said, who leaves his wife to marry uh, someone else's wife and then (laughs) creates a mega corporation. It's an astounding story and an astounding acting performance by Keaton. And there is not one person I have met who said that this film is anything below an eight. So Mm. that is why I chose this film. It is criminally underrated and anyone who has not seen it i mandate they watch this and then when they do they go you are a hundred percent right it is a sheer it is a sheer stroke of beauty so so you're going from the sort of underrated in the point of view of like it didn't get the the hype and the awards and stuff that it deserved at the time right exactly and again i don't know who's in charge of marketing did it get buried because i don't know if it was a i'll do a quick google here I think for some reason it might have been a Harvey Weinstein production. Uh, right. Let me look and see yeah. who the yeah. studio is. It says it TWC at it? the beginning, the Weinstein Company. It yeah, is, I was right. Because I, I saw the logo and I was like, oh, that logo looks familiar. But they were letters instead of saying the Weinstein Company. I wonder if they've sort of done a, a slight say, rebranding would, 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 of Would that, this be know? around the time that everything sort of came Bingo. out? Bingo. So, yeah, yeah, 2016. Yeah. It, it, it was, I was, I, I think when the branches were really rustling with all the nefarious activity. So mm. I think this was the beginning of the storm, but yeah, it, it, it's, and if I pull up 2016 Oscar winners, it's going to, it's going to infuriate me. So let me do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So we're going for the, for, for, for the for sort of underrated point of view. So Alice, had you right. seen this one before? I had seen it. Um, I'd sort of seen it as a, a bit of a fluke. So after we did, because Kevin, a couple of years ago, we did, uh, what was it Batman Returns that we did with Rosie? We did, yeah. <laughs> yeah so we that, I, I've never really one. been yeah. exposed. Um, I've never really been exposed to Michael Keaton before that. 
And I saw him in that and he's not in it for very long, but I was like, oh, actually he's, he's really good in that. He's given a really convincing performance. So then I think one day I was literally just scrolling on Amazon, just trying to find something to watch. And it popped up a film with him in it that then was also based on a true story. And I love films that are based on a true story. For me, they've just got such higher emotional stakes and I'm just already so invested because the thing actually happened. Uh, so I watched it and I thought it was excellent. And my husband told me that I needed to put it on my list for this podcast. Oh, but I didn't. Like, but it wasn't on my list. But he was like, you've got to put Bingo. the founder on there. It's definitely underseen. No one ever talks about it and all mm. this. And I was like, and then you picked it and I was like, perfect. Now we're going to get oh, a chance to go. talk about it. Um, so yeah, I had seen it and I am... I am a fan of the film. Mm. Um, what about you, Josh? Did you see it? Oh, sorry, Kevin. I was just going to say, I'm looking at the award winners right now, and if this is an angry you, I don't know what will. The best actor was DiCaprio for The Revenant, is it which I turned off. Then? Would it be seven? Yeah. That'd be 17. Yeah, that was what it, yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait you know what? Well, yeah. Are they going to count that then? All right, so I guess it should be 2017. Okay, sorry. Uh, Moonlight, best picture. No one cared about that film after the fact. It was all right at best. That'd be the La La Land year then, wouldn't it? It would be the uh, La La Land. Best actor, Casey Affleck, plays a drunk from New England. Surprise. Not much, <laughs> not much research going on there, kids. Sorry. That film works faster than NyQuil. Uh, so Moonlight won best picture. No one, again, it was, it was okay. Let's not go nuts. Affleck won Manchester by the Sea. Stop it. <laughs> that's that that's amazing damien chazelle won for la la land this is again insulting that those films trump this <laughs> um I, I so yeah i go back to what you say there I, I have seen it before yeah I, I i remember watching it when it first came out on streaming and similar to you i just remember really enjoying it and thinking like why mm. why are more more people not talking about this then so let's get stuck into it then so kevin like for, we, we mm. start off by what we like about the film so so break it down for us what do you what do you like about the founder I mean, wow. Let's, 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 let's I've got, I've, I've got notes as, as I'm accustomed to doing for my, uh, for my show. Let's see. I've never, by the way, I've never seen so many, I've never seen eating at McDonald's so romanticized until you've watched this film. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like food porn. I, I like the one lady in the, in the, in the beginning where he's sitting there having his burger for the first time eating there and the balls of the lady with her four kids, like, can we sit here? Like, come on. I just want to eat by myself. Not to listen to you, you know, be a mom and lecture your kids. You know, this takes place a long time ago, by the way, yeah. in the middle of nowhere. When you see all white people working at a McDonald's, that's when you know. <laughs> or people you, you see, you don't see people shooting up heroin in the bathroom at McDonald's. Those are two <laughs> clues that this is, uh, this is fun. I really love the tennis court scene where they diagram yes. how to yeah. make – how everything is at a uh, it's military precision and everything the timing and the exact amount of pickles and those squirt of ketchup and mustard and the and the you know the two or three fingers of onions i really got it i got I, I, that was really really cool now uh it, it's funny i i, I got a crack i i cracked up like that like that uh it's almost like the worst off 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 broadway play watching people just stand around <laughs> spins around with burgers in their hand and, and <laughs> Do it over and over again. It's like, am I getting paid for this? Because this is dumb, just dancing around a tennis court where I'm seeing wearing a white hat. Anyway, um, I absolutely love how, again, I said before, he went from, again, ah, shucksy kind of salesman trying to grind it out on the road to this 
genius, evil genius, all because someone said, you got it all wrong. The money's not in the restaurants. The money's in the real estate. Mm. And that guy was BJ Novak, who actually yeah. he ended up turning out the <laughs> screw in the end anyways. He screwed everybody else. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, that transformation, you're like, God damn. Because every McDonald's you walk into, you see something that says Ray Kroc founder. You're like, oh my God, it's not even him. That's 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 insane. I I love that business model. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it, the the McDonald's shakes, by the way, how they went from full milkshake to the powdered stuff for a minute, and then back to the regular milkshake. By the way, I don't know about you guys. I I haven't had McDonald's in a while because they're you know five, here in America, like Five Guys or these other independent burger chains mm. are much much better. Anyway. I went to my daughter there with my daughter not too long ago, got a shake. The shake was crap. It was terrible mm. compared to like when we were kids. I mean, I remember it as a kid being better. I guess I've grown up, but if they change it, it's gotten worse. That's for sure. Uh, I, I liked, but it was like, oh boy, when he walks, when he's laying in bed or no, no, I'm sorry. He's in dinner. He's at dinner with his wife and he said, just sitting there past the pepper. Oh yeah. I want a divorce. Like <laughs> yeah, that is just cold- straight away. Some cold-hearted shit there. That was that was amazing. The sniper-esque precision on how he took the brothers out of the equation of the making money. And anyone who works in business, when he's sitting in that room when they're doing the agreement, when he's getting paid, was it three million bucks? And he says, "We'll just do a handshake deal." The lawyer, he, Michael. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, the McDonald's brothers' lawyer should have said. Can we curse on here or no? Yeah, 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 yeah. He should have said, are you out of your fucking mind? We are not (laughs) taking a handshake deal. You put that shit down in writing right now. There's no way we are walking out of that room without a contract. It's ironclad saying that we're getting 1% of the gross sales from here on out. And that lawyer's just like, oh, do do Okay, handshake deal. I'm like, no, that doesn't happen. Something had to have changed. They've got the lawyer from The Simpsons there. (laughs) Lionel Hudson, (laughs) attorney of law. Phil Hartman, oh my god, that's one of the fa- my favorite characters of The Simpsons. It's too bad that he's dead. Um, I, I loved everything about it. it the, the, I'm a big editing guy in the mm. sense that I don't care if movies are long. A couple of my favorite films that are long. Pulp Fiction is my all-time second favorite film. I love Wolf of Wall Street. I love JFK. Those last two are over three hours long. I do not care. Again, if it flows, I am with it. When the editing stinks, I've seen films that are an hour and a half that drag. Mm-hmm. I it, This film was an hour and 45. I got to say this and private parts, Stern's movie, are the most perfect cases of editing because I walked out wanting even more. I go, that's it? I mean, it's an only an hour and 45. I go, Oh my God, man, like, I want to know more. But everything was tied together so beautifully at a very solid pace. So well paced. I, I have to, yeah. you have to tip your hat to that. The editing was great. Everyone, every actor and actress in it was great. There was no one that was, you know, kind of being dragged across the finish line. The story was fantastic. I, there was everything I love about that. I just wanted to write down a few jokes and notes I made there, but those what stood <laughs> out. It, 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 it's, it truly is a perfect film that just never got its due. And you two are cases in point, Alice, especially you. It's like you're scrolling through, don't know much about Michael Keaton, and bang, you watch this film. You're like, holy Christ, this is fantastic. No one knows about this. That's, and that's just the, the, the curse of this film. 
Yeah, so all right, let's so let's let's see let's see what we think of that then. So back to the editing point. I believe that when they were making it, apparently not only is it really well edited, but apparently uh, John Lee Hancock, who directed it, had a lot of stuff that he he planned out really meticulously. So it was really easy to make. Apparently, they made it in like fifty days or something like that. Apparently, oh, wow. so so maybe that is also down to you know the, obviously the director's wider vision and the wider application of, of what he was thinking. Just picking and up that, a one. Oh, sorry, go on, Alice. That is so interesting, though, that you should say that because the whole film, or so much about the film, is about how meticulously well planned out the creation of these burgers is and that is the, some of the key to the success as well mm, yeah. so you can kind of feel that sense of that meticulous kind of attention to detail and stuff within the actual story of the film itself and then it being brought to life by the director who kind of is feeling that as well that's very interesting so Alice then let's crack on what, what did you like about the film having watched it again uh, so many things and a lot of what uh, Kevin's already mentioned there, but I think th like a lot of the cinematic and storytelling techniques that they use in this are really good as well. So it starts with this PTC, this piece of camera that uh, Michael Keaton does at the beginning. And it's a really, I think, a really sophisticated way to do a bit of an exposition dump without it feeling too forced or feeling too cheesy. And because he's looking right at you as the viewer, he's just so captivating and so engaging. So it's a really quick and really efficient way to draw the viewer into the story. And it just continues with that momentum throughout. So you just feel, you just feel completely engaged and you feel completely absorbed into what's going on. Um... I think that the obviously there's a lot of gravity to it because it is a true story. And I'm I'm kind of just so pleased that the story of McDonald's is one that is so interesting because since we've been alive, basically, McDonald's has been this enormous, like unbelievable global presence, like one of the true winners of capitalism sort of thing. <laughs> and it's just so, it's kind of, you just feel satisfied that the, its origin story is something so interesting. And because it's something that everybody knows and everybody's probably been there, you know, at least once in their life, you want to know what that story is. So it's almost like a winning formula, really. It's like, well, it's the origin story of McDonald's. It's like, well, obviously I want to know about that. Um, so that really helps as well. And then the story is just so, it's such a fascinating story anyway, and it is so brilliantly told. Um, I love some of the techniques that they use um, when we're looking at like flashbacks and stuff. Cause obviously when the brothers are telling their story uh, to Michael Keaton's character, you they're sort of all sat at a table and you don't want it to just be, you know, just three guys talking and, oh, here's all the info, here's all the info. Let's just rattle this off and for it to be just kind of a bit tedious or whatever. So you get like a lot of these flashbacks. They use a lot of what looks to be sort of like fake archive imagery and then photographs and stuff and like little animated photographs and stuff um, and flashbacks of them doing their thing as well. And it just feels, you, you get this as well, this sort of jump between the past and the present. And some of them, sometimes they'll, they'll say something in, the present and they'll finish their sentence but it's them in the past sort of thing and the bridge between the past and the present is really sophisticated it works really well you get a lot of the sounds that are coming from both the past and the present at the same time um just a really successful and really well thought out way to tell the story um and just avoided it from ever becoming too boring or feeling just like oh it's just someone telling you telling you the facts because the problem is with with films that are based on a true story is you've got to get all the facts out there. And sometimes it's hard to do that without it just feeling like an hour and a half worth of exposition dumping, but they just manage it in this, like the way that the scenes have been designed, the whole construct of the film, the way the script's been written. Um, just really, just a really successful film 
Like, mm. if you know what I mean. Like, if, if it's just so good in, terms in of every like the single rules way. Of structure and stuff like that. Yes, in terms yeah, of like yeah. a cinematic experience, in terms of the things, the way that you tell a story, the way that you develop your characters, the, the bits of information that you need to keep in there, some of the stuff that you need to dramatize, whatever. It's like every single point they've just nailed. Mm. Mm. I think, anyway. No, no, I, I, yeah. I, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. What do you, would you, do you agree with that, Kevin? I'm assuming you do. <laughs> No, spot on. I mean, everything, everything she's, she, she nailed it as concisely as you can nail it. Thanks. <laughs> I'm not arguing with you. There's, there's nothing to debate here. There's nothing to debate. We're all on the same page. You go, yeah. Alice. Good. Thank you. Um, what about you, Josh? What were some of the things that yeah, you liked Yeah, I mean, so, so same as you guys. So I actually enjoyed this. I'd seen it before, but I enjoyed it more for what, watching it for this. I remember the first time watching it thinking, yeah, enjoyed it. Like, you know, perfectly, perfectly good film. And this time, when I was watching it with a more critical eye, I really, really enjoyed it a, a yeah. lot more than I did even just the first time I watched it. So, like, it's actually technically good. Like, if you're studying yeah. a film in terms of film and in terms of film language and stuff, it's not just, oh, yeah, I liked it because I like that sort of thing or I like the story or whatever. It's actually a brilliantly made film. And I it don't is. think, like Kevin says, there's no. There's no real debate about that. Well, it's hard to argue with a, such a well-structured film, isn't it? What mm. could you possibly say about it? Because it's not overly long or anything or anything like that. So like Kevin says, it's a, it's a tight one hour, 45 minute film, right? So, mm. uh, you know, f for me, it's all in that execution, which you've both already touched on a, a little bit. But it's, for me, it, obviously, we've already said it's a well-structured and it's a well-told story. But I really like that exploration a bit like what Kevin said uh, of the ability of money and power an ambition to corrupt someone. And what I really like about the film is it's structured to show that descent. It's almost like a descent into hell sort of thing. So when it starts, it's really colourful. All the music's really upbeat. It's it's really clear that it's in the 50s and that it's it, that, that it's in that sort of like American dream era of the 50s, you know, with like roller skating waitresses and stuff like that. If you think of like, mm. like a an American diner or whatever, that's what it is. And then as it goes on, the music changes, it gets darker, the costume changes. At the end, when they finally have that meeting before he speaks to one of the brothers in the bathroom, it's basically black. Like, it's like everyone's wearing dark clothes and stuff like that. And obviously those are, that idea of the way that they play around with colour and lighting and music... It's not, you know, it's it's designed to show that descent, you know, that this man being consumed by his ambition sort of thing. So I, I really like that. Like you said, Kev, really loved, really loved uh, a lot of the editing. I, I, I've I've got it here about the the scene with the uh, with the tennis court with the chalk. I absolutely love that. So do those guys in the scene? Do they do they already work for them, or have they hired like actors or friends to figure it out? Yeah, they have to. They have to have been paid because I'm not sitting there prancing, prancing around no. pretending I've got I've got a pickle tray in my hand yeah. and, and dodging a guy who's got the hot fries coming through. Like, I'm not doing that for 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 on the arm, kids. Like, That's not like, happening. Like the worst improv class anyone's ever been to. <laughs> Improv improv's already inherently known as being the worst, so that's being redundant by saying the worst improv. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I love that scene. There is something to the way the film is structured and, and the way it's made that's quite comforting. Like you like you say, Kevin, it makes McDonald's food look like you think, oh, I, I want that burger. Like, I, like mm -hmm. I, I'd love to eat that. So I love that. And then let's talk a little bit about the performances because Michael Keaton is is brilliant in this. Like he, Because I think that the genius of casting someone like Michael Keaton in this is that he is so likable. So you sort of root for him and then you 
you don't. And then at some point in the film, you realize that he's moved from being a, an ambitious guy to a corrupt businessman sort of thing. And you, and you, and you, but you still sort of like him because he's Michael Keaton and he's, and he's really likable. Right. Do you, would you, would you agree, Alice? Or do you, do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely. And you do, because when it starts and all that and you, you, you know, the, the film is really good in sort of creating a lot of sympathy for him. It's like, oh, he's on the road a lot. You know, he's away mm -hmm. from his wife. He's trying to sell these machines and it's not going anywhere. So when he starts getting a bit of success, you're like, oh yeah, good for you, Ray. Like you really sort of root for him with that. And then it's sort of, it goes a bit dark and it, it, it twists a bit and you're like, holy shit. And then you're like, oh God. And then you have this bit of a turmoil as the viewer is like, am I, Am I rooting for him? Am I not rooting for him? Mm. Even though ultimately you know he must have succeeded because McDonald's is still very much around today. Because there's the thing with it, isn't it, that he seems to really believe in the idea. He seems really taken in in the structure that the brothers have, have created and, and, and expanded it to the point where he sells the franchises to his friends and gets really pissed off when they don't do it the way that mm. they're right. supposed to, right? So that's really good. But then at some point, he just becomes entirely corrupted by the, the structure and the franchise. And it seems to be when he meets the BJ Novak character. It's like that guy mm. comes in like the snake with the apple. <laughs> it's like, why don't you make it all about real estate? And then mm. and then well, before you know it, he's, he's, he's the guy at the end. One other thing I want to make sure I clarify too is that I, as much as he turned into that snake in the end, as, we, as you just said, Josh, you also root for Keaton because you see him and you're going, these two morons can't see the vision that I see. They're too pig-headed and stubborn. There's money to be made. And he kept pushing that envelope every time and they kept shutting him down going, no, no, no. So, yeah, he does screw them hard. And I and, and that part, it's like, all right, you, you should have broken him off the 1%, dude. But – you also root for him to go, no, man, these guys are too short-sighted and too dumb not to have that vision. Fuck them. I'm going to go do it myself. So at the same time, there's that duality of like, I'm rooting for him, but what a piece of shit. You know, it's, 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 it's both of that for me. Until you, In the end credits, you're like, oh, what a real douche he was in the end. But throughout, though, you're like, I see where this is going, but again, I'm in business and sales, so it's like, no. These these two <laughs> dummies, these two hillbillies, Hicks, aren't picking, aren't just seeing it. No, go do it. Make it big. Make everybody rich. Even though they're too dumb to realize how to be, they're about to be made rich. So the duality really also is something that grabbed me. Do you, so do you know how accurate this is to what to the real events? I don't. No. I, I, I I debated about getting the book, which I should. Yeah. The, 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 well, the Ray Kroc autobiography, I'm sure, will be very skewed because I did see that on Amazon. <laughs> so I so said that's if I if I wanted to do that, I would just watch the founder again mm. instead of read the book. So I I would love to see if there is in fact um, a kind of down the middle mm. yeah. you know, history of the uh, of the McDonald's franchise. If that's the case, I'm all in. I'll Absolutely, I'll grab yeah. that in, in a heartbeat. So so the only thing no. I do know is that so one thing I read was that apparently. It um it wasn't as bitter, so the the, the 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 sort of split between the brothers and Ray wasn't as bitter. Apparently, what happened was, so one's Dick and what's Max, the bigger guy. That's John Carroll Lynch's character, isn't it? So he apparently right. he took it really badly, but in a more like heartbroken, upset way, and never really responded. Whereas Dick apparently was quite glad to just be rid of it, and uh, allegedly mm. they were on they were they weren't mates, but he weren't he wasn't it, it was there was an animosity between them to the degree that it shows in this film to the point where Dick apparently ate the billionth hamburger or the fifty billionth whatever they made there was a ceremony you know eat the billionth hamburger or something and that was mm. Dick Dick because Mac died a long time before Dick, 
I think okay. I think I think one died about 20, 25 years before the other. And I think mm. in that time he might have sort of softened to the idea, even though he did absolutely shaft them. <laughs> mm. But but like you say, it's that it's that will it's that unwillingness to move on. It's just that that stubbornness, that pig-headedness, that no, that we don't do it like that when when he's clearly going, but you've got this great idea and it could be so much better. And like, why don't you want it to be to be better, sort of thing? So and I do think they capture that well. They don't they sort of present you with both sides and have you make up your own mind. They don't make, they don't turn Ray Kroc into this like cackling evil villain. He just seems to be a man who's consumed by his own ambition and they seem to be consumed mm. by their own unwillingness to move on sort of thing. And I think the film goes, oh, you make up your own mind. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Right. A little bit. I agree. That's, that's what I took from it. What do you think to that, Alice? Yeah, pretty, pretty much the same as well. And they're so, they feel like such opposites of each other, like the qualities that both sort of sets, like both um, sides uh, exhibit are just so the opposite of each other. Like Michael Keaton is just, he's just, his drive and his ambition to succeed just kind of overshadows everything to the point where he sort of, he says to the, to his new love interest, who isn't his wife, like the thing that really does it for him is that she's so ambitious mm. because she's coming up with ideas and she's obviously thinking about it off the clock and that, like they spend all that time speaking to each other on the phone at night and that. And then he sort of starts to look at his wife and it's like, she's not like that at all. And then that's sort of what does it for him. And then you've got the two brothers who are just kind of, they're quite wholesome. You know, they're quite sweet. They're quite naive. It's like, oh no, we just want this little business and then that's our lot. And we're happy with that sort of thing. And even when they're trying to be angry at him, they never come across as like mean or rude or anything. Like Nick Offerman's always just like, this really isn't great, Ray. Like just really sort of like, like, like they can't be mean. Um, 
So the the fact that they're such opposites, I do think it's really entertaining, and it just it kind of they they complement each other well in that in that they both hold such different qualities. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard, just hard so to good. take Nick Offerman without a big mustache, isn't it? Like, I know, it yeah. Weird. He, he, he looks, looks, looks good. Yeah, it looks so. weird. <laughs> but when he's got he's no so good wear. in it. You know, he is. And I think that those two are really good as the brothers because they are, they come across so, at start, likeable and naive. And then as it goes on, uh, sorry, they start off so likeable and as it goes on, they, they seem so naive mm. and so sort of stuck in their ways. Do you think, I'm interested to know, Kevin, because obviously I know we've already talked in a jokey way that, you know, it's our first American guest. Do you think this film will be looked at differently in the States than here? I don't see how it could be really, how it could be viewed differently in different countries. It, I, I think the, I think mm. all of the themes that we have just talked about, mm. everything, it, it's a, it's a smooth transition. There aren't any kind of discrepancies. No, not at all. I think everyone's going to view it, view it exactly the same. No, I, th- I think you're right. I think, I think again, I think that's one of the strengths of film. There are definitely things that play better in different countries, right? But, but I don't think this is one of them. So I think that's definitely to the strength of the film as well. Um, anything else, Alice? Anything from you? those were the main things for me just kind of it's just so um it's such a positive like viewing experience Mm. in general from every element of it like the music the visuals the acting the script the direction of it like just nailed it like just almost almost a perfect film I wouldn't quite go as far as Kevin then saying that it is the perfect film but it's all it is almost a perfect film and as a as a piece of cinema, like if you were going to study this, this would, I think this would be a great one to study for students to kind of get an idea of this is how you write a script. How this is tell, how you bring yeah. a story to life. How do you tell life. a story through film sort of thing? Exactly. If you're not using massive special effects, if you haven't got like these huge A-listers running around and if you're not just going to spend like millions and millions and millions of dollars on something, how do you keep your viewer engaged? And this is how you do it. Yeah, there's no big CGI characters in there, like a Thanos or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> what's going to happen? The Burger King's going to come in and Thanos snap away McDonald's? Is yeah. that what you're looking for? Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else from you, Kevin, in terms of what you like about it? Everyone has said everything else, and I have as well, what I like about it. It's it's truly, uh, one of I think, one of the perfect films that we've seen overall. And, and again, criminally insane that it has not received anywhere near the adulation that it should. Okay then, so we'll move on then to talking about anything that we perhaps would change about the film or that we uh, didn't like about the film. Now, I don't think this is going to be the longest section (laughs) of the podcast we've ever done based on what we've all said, but is there anything for you, Alice? Is there anything you didn't like or that you'd change? So there are just two things that I noticed. So the first one is when Ray sees that sort of concept image of the golden arches in the McDonald's thing, it's like they're sort of just in the office having a conversation and he sees it and he's like, what's that? And it's like, oh, it's the golden arches and all this. And that, that It just kind of felt a bit it like really forced. It was just like, oh, we need this moment to happen. So how about he just sees the picture? You know, it's, it's a a catalyst that we need to get from A to B and I get that but it just felt a little bit lazy compared to the rest of the film where I think the storytelling is all very strong and really sophisticated um and the other thing as well and I've already touched on how difficult this is but when you are interpreting something from real life events obviously certain things just have to happen certain bits of information just have to get out there so with like BJ Novak's character it's all just like right we need to pivot from what this was to then what it became so it's like well how about this guy literally just turns up says the thing and then it's done and that's it and you don't sort of see the 
it doesn't feel, that bit doesn't feel authentic. Like maybe it is, maybe that is exactly how it happened, but it's literally just, oh yeah, BJ Novak just turned up, told us what to do, we did it. And then now this is, this is why it is. Um, but again, you need, you need to hit these certain beats. Otherwise you're going to miss out major point, points of the story. So I get it. But in terms of how the rest of the film handled things in a much more sophisticated way, they were just two things that I noticed that sort of stood out a little bit for me. Uh, conveniences. Like mm. it's just oh, yeah, convenient that he just happened to be there. Oh, I work in finance. I know exactly what you need to do. I'm going to give you some advice and this is going to change your life sort of thing. Um, but apart from that, no, like in, in, there was nothing general about it where I could say like, this was bad, this needed work, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like it was just, it's a really strong film, mm. I think. What about you, Josh? Was there anything that you would change um, and didn't like? So, so it's, it's not really anything that I, I, I didn't like. I think I suppose one thing you could say about the film, and it's difficult because if it's a true story and this is how it happened, then that's how it happened. But it is a very male orientated film. So you, there's obviously, there's two two primary female characters played by Laura Dern and Linda Cardellini. I suppose I'd maybe like to have seen even a little bit more about how his behaviour affected, particularly his, his first wife, because there must have been more to it, because I believe in real life they had a child and stuff together. So I wonder, I'd be interested to know more about that. But on the flip side, well, it's set in the 50s and it's about men. So I suppose, how do you make it more... You know, it's just not everything has to be equally balanced or whatever. But I guess mm. that was something that I thought, because other than that, nothing really. As I said, I'd love to know how accurate this is. Like, is it more idealized or is it actually pretty accurate? I'd love to know. Like, I'd be tempted, like you said, Kevin, to, to get the book um, and, and see what it says. But in a more, yeah, in a, a biography, not a, I started McDonald's and I made it really good and I am great, <laughs> which is obviously <laughs> what his autobiography probably says. Um, obviously, I know, Kevin, you've been pretty effusive about this. Is there, is there anything you'd change about it? Anything you don't like? No, I really wouldn't. Because even with the BJ Novak thing, when you, when you mentioned that, it's where we where figured out, oh, it's real estate that you're looking for. What are you going to have him do? Sit there over, pouring over all these legal, you know, these huge, thick uh, legal books and, 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 and laws and whatnot and going, aha, there it is. That's the loophole. I didn't mind it. As I was, it was a real subtle, like, all right. It wasn't as we do in our podcast, Gutting the Sacred Cow. It wasn't something that, that, that warranted a that doesn't happen. Mm. moment so i was fine with that i think everything was was good I'm, again now watch a book come out watch like a, a again a, a right down the middle tell all come out and just completely prove that this film is horseshit in the sense of all the <laughs> happenings I, and and we we had mike again back to my podcast for a second we had mike price on who was a, a, writes for the simpsons he came on he did argo he came on he did jfk he said the jfk uh, book that uh, Jim Garrison did on the Trail of the Assassins is all horseshit in which that inspired the film. And and he went on to go prove there were certain things or say, I can't say he proved because he wasn't there, that certain things that happened for the JFK assassination didn't happen. That's the same thing I'm looking for here. Unless it's like a, a, a cavalcade, sorry, that's a right, wrong word, an avalanche of evidence were to come out and say that this is all bullshit. It's going to take a lot of that. And I still love JFK despite despite some of the uh, the mistruths. I it's going to take an absolute, you know, onslaught of uh, of falsities to come out for me to say, eh, I don't like it as much as I used to." So, I really I really can't nitpick and I can't think of anything that, that just kind of took me out of it or annoyed mm. me. I everything was just precise military precision just like those goofballs dancing around a tennis court with fake trays in their hands <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, well, let's move on then to talking about the critical reception in the box office, and then we can sort of decide what we think is, uh, is you know, if it is underrated or underseen. So, have you seen any of the critical reception or anything, Kevin, or have you kept it, you know, sort of kept away from it for this? Have I seen anything from the of critical reception? Yeah, so, kind of so, thing? We, so we tend to so we tend to cover IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes, and then we work out an average because that tends to show you a, a general ballpark figure. Do you know how it did critically at all, apart from the fact that it didn't win awards, or do you not really know? I remember the reviews I've read were fantastic. And by the yeah. way, it's tomato. It's tomatoes. It's not tomatoes. Let's get that out there, guys. <laughs> you, you, you Brits in your words, you're wrong. Aluminium. Uh, <laughs> another one. It's not. It's not I U M. It's U M at the end. You goofballs. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes has this eighty and eighty two, which is I think is low. Uh, yeah. I, I want to know. I want to know why the ones who gave it the low review gave that low review. Mm. That's that that. Is mystifying. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just curious. Yeah, so I'm looking at right now 200 fresh reviews, 49 rotten. Oh, shut wow. the fuck up. I wonder what, so what do they say? Like, what, what, what's their criticism of them? Like, is it, I just don't like McDonald's? <laughs> uh, I'll read you three blurbs. I'll, I'll read you a couple of them. This very one hmm. sentences John Lee Hancock's The Founder is a perfect movie for a country that has chosen a vapid brand for its chief executive. Wrong. That's someone with an agenda. Go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Next one. Hancock once again avoids digging into his subject with anything approaching a critical eye. Wrong. Bias. I don't know where you see that because he proves that Keaton's an asshole. Fuck you. Next one. For all his posturing about the man who founded McDonald's, the founder isn't about much ending at all. Wrong. There's no mention of the corporation's rap sheet. A cursory glance reveals innumerable instances of the fast food giant's malfeasance on a global scale. Again, people with agendas. Shut the fuck up. That I, I wrap yeah, the. Yeah, that's, that's scene, not that's the very story. Like, what that's the story? not what the film's about, though. We could have a film about that, but that's not like it doesn't, it doesn't have on. to be a ten, Wait, part, a ten part epic about everything McDonald's has ever done wrong. Yeah, like, it's, like, it's about be this like, one specific that, that's thing. Not, that's, they're not pretending that's not happened. <laughs> oh, here, here's, here's another one. This one is also annoying. The founder shows us how Ray Kroc became a success, but skirts but skirts telling us the cost of that success and the end results. It wants us to have its quarter pounder and eat it too. A, your shitty attempts of humor. Or like all critics are awful. B, what do we want? A, a, a profit and loss analysis of every McDonald's story? What do you want? No, wrong. This everyone here has an agenda. This is why critics are all jerk offs. I cannot stand them. And of course, if you listen to our podcast. You know we love making fun of them and all their blowhardiness. And it irks the shit. Yeah, we we've touched on it before, where we so obviously our whole thing is underrated, underseen films. So we we're quite we were quite common, like you say, unpick what they're saying and be like, I don't. That's not. They will pick things that aren't a reason to dislike the film. We did one once. What was it, Alex? And the person said, "This is not the Matrix." So, yes, it's not. Was it <laughs> Johnny? Not, was it Johnny Mnemonic? Was it Johnny Mnemonic? No, wow. that was before. What a, or, and that, that film was terrible too. The soundtrack is banging, but the terror the soundtrack. Is <laughs> but what? Awesome. But, the, but the point is, is that's not insight. Is it? Is to say this is not another film. Yeah, it's not this. Or there was yeah. one. There was one as well that just said. Um, it, it didn't say this verbatim, but it was something like, "Oh, I don't really like Chris Evans." And it's yeah. like, well, okay, well, but why it, can you give he, like, so. can you give you know reasons? Like, is there a problem with his acting? Is there a problem with his facial expressions? Is there anything? It was just so vague, and it's like, mm. well, yeah. As a critic, you can't go into a Chris Evans film and be like, well, 
I just don't like Chris Evans. Like, yeah, yeah so I don't like the film. You know what? You don't know the review. I don't watch movies that have Ben Stiller in it or Jack Black because I fucking hate them. So why would my opinion be valid for those films <laughs> when I'm a when I'm a known unabashed hater of those two actors? So exactly, why would they go? They're, they're, they're coming off because they don't like McDonald's. What are you, Dave Thomas's grandkid? You know, the guy who founded Wendy's. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you see right, you see right through these these, these charlatans. Uh, it's, ugh, the worst people. Okay, yeah. so let's look at let's get let's let's look into this then. So as, as as Kevin's already said at the time of recording, the critics on Rotten Tomatoes give it eighty percent. The uh, audience give it eighty two percent, and on IMDb it gets a much lower seven point two out of ten. Ooh. Now that averages out seventy eight or seven point eight. Um, which I mean, I think that's low. I think that's that is a little low. bit low. Yeah. yeah, I think that's, that's, that's 7.2. Low. Wow. Yeah, so, and so, IMDb, IMDb always runs hot as well, which is mm. really something. Again, something's out there. Maybe it's the Harvey Weinstein factor a little bit, a little bit. Maybe mm-hmm. Michael Keaton banks someone's da- studio head's daughter. I don't know. <laughs> but for some dumbass reason – People have a have a have a have a vendetta against this film. Could, this, uh, is is there shame. something to be said that maybe McDonald's tried to bury it? Could be, uh, yeah. Like, but I, mean, I don't maybe. know. It doesn't. I don't think it makes McDonald's. I don't think it. They don't attack McDonald's. They attack no, Ray Kroc. It's not super so sized, it be, is it? So no, exactly. And, and again, if anything, this is free publicity for McDonald's because look <laughs> at the way every every person eating a McDonald's meal. It's romanticized. Like I guess it before, looks it's amazing, food porn. Doesn't it? It's yeah, food it'll... porn. Every you're not going there and getting the 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 half uh, open container of barbecue sauce in your to go bag as you go through the drive through. <laughs> You're not having that lady who sued for hot coffee burning her in there as well. It's it's one big love letter. And it's one big again love letter to McDonald's. So they would. I don't think they would try burying it because it does nothing but advertising. It's free. It's an hour and forty five minutes of free advertising. No, it is. Yeah, and it also, I think so. Sorry, Alex. Go. On. Sorry, sorry. And I think it's it it almost it does humanize it a bit as well mm. because obviously McDonald's. Is bit, it, it's so easy to just think they're just this massive evil corporation where it's just profit, profit, profit. You know, people are getting underpaid. They're bringing down the rainforest. You know, they're putting shit in our food, whatever it might be. So then to learn, actually, it does stem from very humble beginnings from just these two guys who wanted to make good quality burgers and make them quickly. That does humanize it all a little bit. And it makes them seem less like these sort of crazed capitalist monsters because it was just that Ray came along and happened to do that. And he happened to be there at the right place, right time sort of thing. So it's, I, I, yeah, I think it's a positive, it's definitely overwhelmingly positive about McDonald's, I think. Obviously, there's a lot of terrible things you can say, as is the case with many massive, massive corporations who have so many members of staff or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think it's mostly positive. Yeah, really? and also it, it it makes a point of like even with that tennis court scene of really lingering on the sort of groundbreaking way that they figured out how to make a burger in thirty seconds or whatever. So I think you're probably right. I think it is it isn't critical of McDonald's. It it's 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 sort of quite just telling you how it happened. So so what we're saying then, I think that's generally saying seventy eight percent average. That's underrated, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think okay. that is a little bit underrated, and I do I think as well. You could say that this is underseen. I well, don't, I well. just. Oh, here we go. Well, so oh, this, is the, the this is the, do you know what? This is the bit that shocked me, actually, because mm-hmm. the, you know, 
IMDb, Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes, Tomatoes, whatever it is, <laughs> people, people put their opinions out there, whatever it may be. So that's just numbers. So people can hate it, people can love it. It can be dragged down or pushed up, depending on whatever. It, you know, you've only got to look at what happens when these people on the internet target certain films and go, I really don't like that because of whatever reason. But box office, suppose, doesn't lie, right? So this did worldwide, it only made, according to Box Office Mojo, $24 million. Oh, I knew it was low. I didn't know it was that that's, low. That's God I mean, If you damn. think about, yeah, the, the cast, the subject matter, $24 million. I mean, that is that is probably not even its budget. I would. I mean, I don't know the budget, like, but but judging by it, you know, like we said, it's no, there's no big car chases in it or whatever. But there's, you know, it's probably <laughs> maybe it's maybe that's what it's missing. But no, $24 million worldwide, considering the subject matter and who's in it, I think. Because you got to bear in mind, he's coming off the back of Birdman in this as well. So, mm. so when he made this, this was like, oh, he, he, he'd been nominated for his Oscar. And it was like, what's he going to do next? Oh, it's a film about McDonald's. So it, it, it says on Google, $15 million production budget. Right, okay. Box office opening weekend was $3.4 Oh, my God. God, that's a colossal yeah. bomb. That's so low, isn't it? The first so- thing as well, the first thing that comes up, because I just had a look then, the first thing that comes up that if you type in the founder budget is an article titled, Why Did the Founder Flop? So I guess <laughs> I should have do the money. But it still made money. I mean, so let's say the, the, the budget was 15 and made 25. It's 10 million bucks. I mean, you have to account for, for marketing in there. Ooh. Let's say another, I don't know, four or five. I mean, it still made money. I mean, I'm sure Keaton probably took a low salary or just mm. in hope, maybe points in the end, but it, it, that's that is criminally is. low. So there we go, wow. underrated and underseen. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm I'm proud to say that part. You know, my twelve or thirteen bucks, whatever it was, <laughs> uh, is part is part of that. It's a large a, percent of that with, with an intermission. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. <laughs> with, with an undeserved, unexpected intermission. Yes. Brilliant. Well, there we go. Another another underrated and underseen uh, in the bag. That's a double whammy. So that's good. So, so Kevin, where can our listeners at home, where can they find your stuff? What have you got out there? Oh, my God. You can go to Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast.com to find out where to catch us. But listen, any podcast platform possible, and that is, of course, Apple, iTunes, uh, Google, Spotify. And here's a 30-second elevator pitch. We invite guests on, like Josh, to pick a film they find <laughs> overrated or hate and trying to convince us to see their argument. But here's the twist. The film must meet one of these criteria, widely beloved, critically acclaimed, or a financial success. So you can't come on and go, well, Friday the 13th, Party it's a real piece of shit. Yeah, we know that. (laughs) (laughs) So we give people who have unpopular opinions about our most popular films a platform. So for the example, Josh did Borat. I uh, failed, I failed. I think I failed. (laughs) Yeah, it's (laughs) miserably. It's still hilarious. <laughs> Other people have tried to come on, and like the last few weeks, we've had people come on and try and take down the game with Michael Douglas. Oh yeah, yeah, the Fincher. The one. sound, the sound of music. Uh, I'm oh, editing. Come the, on, <laughs> I, I, I've never seen the sound of music. Oh, I'm about to watch it today, uh, and uh, we're taping right now. Uh, Dead Poet Society. Uh, people have come on and tried to do Jaws, Back to the Future, <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Uh, I did Napoleon. Uh, one guy did Napoleon Dynamite. I mean, it's been a fantastic mm. collection of films that people have hated and tried to defend. And it's funny when you do these rewatches. You said, Alice, you rewatched Batman Returns. That was the first film we did on this podcast where my co host, Kevin Israel, and I were both like, Oh, are you kidding me? Batman Returns is awesome. And then you rewatch it and go, 
oh wow, man, it's not as good as what we saw when we were you know you know fourteen years old. <laughs> a Batman so, film, a Batman film that Alice went, and he's not in it that much. He plays he's Batman not in it that much. He's on Batman. <laughs> he's not yeah. in it that much. Maybe it's a Michael Keaton thing because a lot of people, and I don't understand why, because I absolutely hate it. Beetlejuice. He's not in it except for four scenes, no. and it takes him forty-five minutes to get to his first scene. Beetlejuice is a terrible, terrible film. People love it. <laughs> Keaton's great in it, but the other. 85 whatever minutes terrible it's awful <laughs> anyway gutting the sacred cow.com on youtube as well gutting the sacred cow at gmail.com if you want to drop by advertise with us or just to say hello well thank you very much so we'll make sure we put links to that in the episode description and we'll put some stuff out on our socials when this goes out as well Sweet. do give it a listen i've listened to a few as i said i was on it and did borat and failed to convince anyone that borat wasn't very good um <laughs> thank you kevin goatee thank you very much for joining us man Oh, thanks you too for having me. This is awesome. I'm glad we finally got to do it and uh, give the the, sh- the founder a little bit of a, a light that it deserves. So there we go. Another guest one in the bag and another underseen and underrated film. Check out the founder because I think I think uh, I think we've done it a solid there. I think we've uh, given a good account of it, but it is well worth a watch. It's a great it's a great film. Um, we'll be back next week with another episode, won't we, Alice? We will indeed. What a treat. What a treat um, for you all. In, in the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, the email address is filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias. If you just search for Just Films and That on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, you'll find us. We're on Patreon as well. So if you are looking for any bonus content, we've got episodes a day early. We've got extended episodes, stuff like that. Head on over to Patreon and search for Just Films and That. You'll find us and any support you can give us uh, will be massively appreciated. We're also on the television, aren't we, Alice? We are indeed. Every Friday from 6pm you can find us on the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. We also upload all the videos to Daily Motion. So if you go over to Daily Motion and type in Just Films and that, you'll be able to see what we're up to. And that's every Friday from 6pm on your local TV network. Yes, lots of ways to hear us, see us, and uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening. We will be back next week with another episode. It's goodbye from me. Cheerio! Bye! Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.